Well, again, we are so glad that you are taking time to join us today. And uh, for some of you, you, you might not be aware of really the current series that we're in right now. So let me just take a minute just to catch you up. Right now, we are in the middle of a series where we are going through the book of Micah, which is this like short little book in the Old Testament that actually might take you a while to find. <laughs> like, and if I told you that it's right before Nahum and Habakkuk, that probably doesn't help you at all. Not only is it a difficult book to find in your Bible, it's also kind of a difficult book to understand at first glance. But when we actually stop to look at it and we realize what it's saying, it's amazing how incredibly important and relevant it actually is for us today in the world that we're living in. Like, it's a book about God's desire for his people to participate in his work of making this world into a more just place. In fact, the Hebrew word for justice, we learned on week one with Pastor Chris, and we have talked about it, I mean, I think every week since we started the series. The word is mishpat. Mishpat is, is about helping to create order in this world, making it into a place that God intended it to be really from the beginning. It's found, actually, it's one of the words that's found in the most famous verse, really, in the book of Micah, which our pastor of Blackhawk Fitchburg, Daniel Owen, talked about just this past week. The verse actually says this. It says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now, if, if you haven't heard that talk, the talk that he gave just last week, look, you need to go back and listen to it. I mean, in fact, if, if you've missed any of the talks within this series, you need to go back and catch up. It will be well worth your time. But you can see that the verse highlights this idea of justice, this idea of, of mishpat, of acting towards justice. Okay, so, so here we are at Love Madison Week. And, and while you could easily say that Love Madison is kind of like a break from the Micah series, it might actually be more accurate to say that it actually, well, it fits right in with everything that we've been talking about through the book of Micah. It's giving us an opportunity to really practice what's been preached. Here's, here's the thing, though. For, for a bunch of you, you might not know about the history of this unique Sunday that we're in right now, Love Madison. So let me just give you a little bit of background. Okay, back in, in 2008, some of our staff had been in touch with a particular church in Colorado that we had spent time with. And that church in particular was looking for creative ways to love their city well, which was a conversation that we were in also. And one of the things that they had tried was, was taking a particular Sunday for their church to gather in small groups and serve outside the walls of their church rather than gather as one large group within the walls of their church like they normally do on Sunday. Well, as we listen to this idea, as we listen to this church talk about this, something just resonated with us. And it sounded like a good enough idea that maybe we should give it a try ourselves. And it was from that interaction that Love Madison was born. And the idea was to reach out and find out all kinds of ways that our, like our city needed help, ways in our community that we could serve all over the place with no strings attached. You see, Love Madison was about 
and, and still to this day is about loving and serving the city well. And in doing so, worshiping God through our service. And, and, and honestly, like as you look at it, when I think back of all the different places I've had a chance to serve, you never know the way that God is going to use you in those situations. Like, okay, here are a couple stories of groups that I've had the chance to be a part of back since 2009 when we began. One particular year, we were, we were cleaning a particular neighborhood on campus that had been, let's just say, more than trashed by a campus party the day before. I mean, the area, literally, it looked like a bomb filled with beer cans and solo cups had like gone off in the community. It was just crazy. And a group of us went in to clean up afterwards. Well, as we were picking up trash and beer cans and all of this, we, we noticed as we were in somebody's backyard, it had been raining the night before, we noticed something pushed down in the mud that looked shiny and, and well, like kind of potentially expensive. And as we pulled it out and, and wiped the mud off of this thing, we realized that it was, it was a bowl ring from one of the UW football players. <laughs> yeah, that caught our attention just a little. I mean, who knows the story behind like how it got to that particular place, but we figured out from the engraving on the ring which player it belonged to, and we were able to hop onto social media and get a hold of him pretty quickly to let him know we had found it. <laughs> well, needless to say, he got back to us fast, and he was rather ecstatic and couldn't believe that we were actually contacting him. I mean, he thought that that puppy was like long gone. But when we met up with him later on that day, Obviously, yeah, he thanked us profusely and asked us like how we had found it and who we were. And we told him that we were part of a church that was taking a Sunday just to simply serve in the community, to serve our city because we love our city. Yeah, he didn't have a category to put that in. He couldn't believe it. Another particular year, we were doing cleanup in, in a city park downtown, you know, doing mulch and cleanup and different things like that to get it ready in the spring. And as we were doing that, there was a young woman who came through who was obviously like looking around for something. It seemed like she had lost. One of the women from our group went over and asked her if she was okay and if she needed some help. She told us that uh, the night before she had been out and she lost her wallet somewhere and uh, it had her ID and like everything in it. And she was just trying to retrace her steps to see if she could find it anywhere. I mean, obviously like she looked kind of anxious. She was slightly teary. I mean, if you've ever lost your wallet, you get the idea of the way that that feels. Well, our group of all of us who were working, we all stopped what we were doing and started to help her, scouring the park, helping her to look. And you know what? Like, we found it. We couldn't believe it. It, was, it had been like thrown in a nearby bush and actually everything was still in it. She couldn't believe it. I mean, she thanked us profusely and asked us, just like the football player, what we were actually doing there. Again, we had the opportunity just to tell her that we were there from a church and we were just looking away to serve our city that we loved. She, again, couldn't believe it. Now, here's the thing, okay? I have no idea what either of these two people's perspective was of, of church before we encountered them. But do you think that whatever it was, that it maybe got a little bit better from our interactions? You know, and these are two different experiences that were very different from one another. And listen, there have been plenty of times where I've gone out to serve and nothing like this had taken place. But when I think about it, do you think the perspective of the people who lived in that trashed neighborhood covered in beer cans and solo cups, do you think that it changed their perspective at all? 
Or the people in charge of keeping the park clean, do you think that their perspective changed at all? You see, when we do good deeds for our city, for our community this way, with, with hundreds and hundreds of people from our church, it has significant impact. I mean, it makes a splash. People notice, and it causes them to realize that we, like we as a church, that we are for our city. We're not against our community. We love our community. And, and when people realize this, it can change their perspective of how they see Christians, of how they see the church, most importantly, of how they view Jesus. There's this phrase that we use around here a lot. Good works create goodwill, which gives us the opportunity to share the good news. So really, since 2009, this is what we have been a part of. This is where we have seen thousands and thousands of people from our church serve in their communities this way and impact our city. And the impact, it's been pretty amazing. I mean, when we look around our community and see things that are, are not right, that are out of order, people who are being taken advantage of, people who potentially could be oppressed or not having the same opportunities in every, as everyone else or just struggling in life, we do just what we can to make these things right, to help meet the needs of our community, to bring justice and to bring order. So... <laughs> when we have the chance to go out together and deep clean a kitchen at the Boys and Girls Club or to pull weeds and spread mulch in a school garden or to encourage, you know, write encouraging cards or something like that for first responders or to do yard work for senior citizens in our neighborhood. When, when we do these things, even though, well, I mean, they can seem small or seem rather insignificant, that when we do them, we are moving towards Order. We are moving towards making things right. We are moving towards justice. We are moving towards a world that reflects the heart of God and it promotes mishpat, this Hebrew word. It promotes mishpat in our city. In fact, mishpat is what Love Madison is all about. But here's the thing that's a temptation for, for me and, and I'm guessing that it might be for you. You see, it's tempting for me to see Love Madison or really any type of serving that I step into as, as something that I do to kind of check off a list. You know, well, hey, did my mishpot for the week, check, or for the month, check, or for the year, check. <laughs> Anyone else, like, can you relate to that at all? I think this especially happens when, um, well, our motives for serving are off. You know, maybe we're serving... Well, maybe sometimes it's trying to like manipulate God. You know, like, see God, what I did for you, now you owe me. <laughs> or, or, or it could be out of, of guilt. Like we did something stupid over the weekend that we're kind of ashamed of and so we're trying to kind of earn back God's approval. Or sometimes, sometimes we might do it to look good. You know, so that we can have, you know, take the selfie and have the shot that we can post on social media to show people what a good Christian we really are. Or sometimes we even just do it because we see everyone else is doing it and we wouldn't want to be left out. We want to make sure that we're like them. You see, in any of these cases, like it's really tempting to do serving. And, and, and then, 
Well, check, God owes me. Or check, yep, I'm back on his good side. Or check, yep, I, I get the chance to look really good in front of other people. Or check, well, I'm fitting in with the crowd. I mean, can you relate to that at all? <laughs> but see, the reality is, we all know this. This is not God's intention for us when it comes to serving. This is not what he means when he talks about mishpat. You see, he doesn't just want us to do mishpat. He wants us to be people of mishpat. He has always wanted his people to be people of mishpat. You see, God's desire this has always been God's desire. It's just to have a community of people who saw him as their God, who would live different kinds of lives. Lives about justice, lives about fairness, caring for the needs of the poor and the oppressed in their community, who, who saw their lives as something to be used and poured out for the betterment of everyone else. And they would do this in such a way that everyone who would come into contact with them would be drawn to this kind of life and ultimately see the reality of who God was so that in turn, they would desire to follow God as well. This is what God wanted for the people of Israel, <laughs> but they could never get it right. And now, this is what God wants for us, his people, the church, who've been created through Jesus. Like that's, and that's really where we enter the story. So for us as the church, you and me, if for any of us who have placed our faith in Jesus and become a part of God's family where we get the chance to call God Father, then bringing justice to the world is something that we should care deeply about. Why? Because it's something that God cares deeply about. You see, <laughs> now here's reality. Are wrong motives gonna happen? Absolutely. I don't know if I've ever had a perfect motive on anything I've ever done. I feel like on this side of heaven, we are going to be people with mixed motives at best. I mean, part of us truly desires mishpat in our city, justice in our city, and part of us, well, we just wanna check that box for whatever reason. So here's the question. What do we do with that? Like, do we skip serving because our motives aren't totally pure? Do we wait until our motives are like all on the up and up? <laughs> nope, we're never gonna get there. So here's what we do. We call it out. We come to God and just simply confess that our motives aren't all in the right place. Hey God, this is how I'm feeling. Guess what? I'm serving today mostly because of that stupid thing I did last weekend and I feel guilty about it. And I know that your word says that you, you forgive me and you still love me, but I feel like I need to do it for that reason and I'm just telling you. And then <laughs> we go ahead and serve anyway. And the surprise that happens as we serve, the surprise that happens as we work to transform our city is that it begins to transform us as well. You see, we become little by little people who just like Micah 6.8 says, people who act justly, people who fall in love with the idea of mercy, and people who learn what it means to walk humbly with our God. A few years ago, 
Rachel and I started watching a show that was one of these medical dramas. Now, medical dramas are all over the TV. I mean, you can find, they're like a dime a dozen. And there was a new one that came out a few years back called New Amsterdam. I mean, it was good, you know? I mean, typical medical drama. But there was, there was one thing that I really liked about this main doctor. His name's Max Goodwin. And, and, and he was the head of this particular hospital he had brought in to kind of take over and, and the drama was really about him in a lot of ways. And he had a phrase that he would say all the time. Whenever one of his staff came to him with a problem, whenever a patient came like through the doors and needed something, whenever things got crazy, as they always do on these kind of shows, he'd say, how can I help? That was his, his posture towards everything and everyone. <laughs> and as I watched it, well, I kind of loved it. I mean, he was always super busy. There were always people who were mad at him for something. People were bringing all kinds of problems on themselves, but it didn't matter. He'd respond all the time with, how can I help? And I don't know, honestly, I just kind of found it inspiring. <laughs> like watching him react this way, even though like it was, it was a made up show. It, it made me want to react to the situations that came up in my world same way. Now just stop and think about this for a minute. Like, what would happen if everyone within our church, Blackhawk Church, developed a lifestyle posture of asking the question, how can I help? Imagine if we took on the concept of mishpat that way. Imagine what could happen if thousands of people from our church regularly asked, how can I help? If we regularly looked at the unmet needs that, like, that are posted on our Impact Ministry website all the time, as well as tons of nonprofit websites all over the greater Madison area. Like, you can find opportunities all over the place as you just simply walk through your life. And imagine if we all had this lifestyle posture, just asking the question, how can I help? Imagine if sometime in the future, our impact ministry contacted the organizations we work with for Love Madison, asking the question, how can our church meet your needs? We're doing Love Madison again this year. What can we do for you? And the response that we got back was, <laughs> we're good. Really, all our needs are being met. Like, like we're good, our, all our clients' needs, all of our students' needs, like all of our families' needs, all the people who we serve, all of our shelters' needs, they've all been met already. Like the parks and the streets are clean, the gardens around Madison are growing and thriving. Like think about this, like a Love Madison day, it wouldn't be needed because all the needs of the greater Madison area had been met. Can you just imagine that? You see, that type of thing becomes possible when we don't just do mishpat, but we become people of mishpat. So let me ask you a question. Even today, how can you be a person of mishpat? Like, are there places that, that you know of today? I know that all of you didn't have a chance to be able to sign up for things, and we get that. That's okay. We're glad you're here. But are there places where you can ask the question today, how can I help? Like, what could that do? 
Like just because you didn't sign up for something shouldn't stop you. Like, do you know anyone who could use a hand right now? Is, is there anyone tonight that you could surprise at their house with dinner? Anyone you know who you could go stop by and mow their lawn or help with some yard work? Are there any people you know who could potentially use an afternoon off where you could go and watch their kids? You see, because love, Madison, <laughs> it's just a day. But God desires to transform us to where service is a lifestyle. We work with him to transform our city. And in the process, <laughs> he transforms us. Let me pray for us. God, thanks so much for the way that you work in our lives to transform us more into the people that you desire for us to be. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to be a part of your work here in, here in Dane County and all around the country, all around the world. God, I pray for everyone who is watching this right now that you would transform us more into people who would be about Mishpat, not just do service, but be people of service. That through that, you might transform us more into your image and help us to be the people that you've called us to be, that more and more people will be drawn to who you are. Thank you, Father. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.